so awesome. Uh, the kids did an amazing job. Thanks to uh, my wife, who is so gifted. Uh, I would have just had them wave them like this, you know, over and over again. I know how to drum, actually. That's the only thing I would know is just just play the drums, man. This is a drummer boy. So um, that was that was amazing. Just really, really moving. Uh, I feel like, man, if you got a tender heart, you're going to be moved, you know. And so, uh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to look at a just a couple of different verses here and. It's going to be a little bit of different uh, type of maybe Christmas message uh, this morning. I'm going to start in Galatians 4 in verse 4. Galatians, the book of Galatians. If you don't have a Bible, there's probably one in a row in front of you there somewhere, uh, somewhere nearby. Uh, It may be on the screen too. Galatians 4 in verse 4. And it says this, but when the set time or when the, the set time had fully come or when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoptions to sonship. I didn't put verse 5 on the screen, but uh, I apologize for that. That needs to be on there. To redeem those under the law. You know, there was a, there's a, it says there was a fullness of time. When Jesus came, it, the time was, was full. Uh, ladies, you can probably relate to this. There's a time when, when the, when the, when you're about to have your babies and there, you feel full. It's the, it's the fullness of time. I'm, I'm totally like watching this from, from here to my wife, that's all I know about this. But there's a time where you just feel like, oh, I cannot get any bigger. I cannot, there's no way anything else can happen. This is the, this is the time, uh, the fullness of time. And so there, there was a moment in time where God said, now is the right time. You know, we want things anytime. Just, just any old time. And God says, no, there's, there's a fullness of time. There's only, there's two fullnesses of time in the history of the universe. One has happened and one hasn't. The first fullness of time was when God said, now is the time for my son to come. I'm going to take God himself, God the son, and he's going to become a human being. He's going to be born just like every other human baby. He's going to have a mother. He's going to spend nine months in the womb. He is going to be totally dependent upon her physiology and, and her body to sustain his life. And at the, at the appointed time, she is going to go into labor without all the stuff we have today, and she's going to give birth. The fullness of time. You know, there's a second fullness of time that hasn't happened yet. The second fullness of time is this. is when God says, it's time, Jesus, for you to come back. You know, Jesus is coming back. It's not a fantasy. It's not a fairy tale. It's not, not just a story. Uh, there is a living God, a reigning Savior, who will return one day. And there will be, it will be in the fullness of time. There will be, you know, it will be exactly the right moment. It will be when every single person who 
can be saved and will be saved is saved. When every single person has heard the gospel, it says when the gospel, the good news of Jesus has gone out into the whole earth and there's been as much response as possible because God's plan is a rescue plan. He's like, I want everybody in. I don't want anybody left out. But you're not automatically in. We're not automatically children of God. It says in John 1 that He gave those who received Him the right to become children of God. It's by faith in Jesus Christ that you become a child of God. Everybody's not a child of God. You know, you hear that phrase, we're all just children of God because we're humans. No, that's not actually not true. We were all created by God. We are all created in His image. But children of God is reserved. It's a right to those who by faith have received the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And it was in the fullness of time that, that God brought that. You know, sometimes it's hard to wait for things to get full. You know? Have you ever tried to save money in a jar? Try to fill it up? Try to do that with a kid. We're going to wait until this is full before you can do anything with it. Oh, man, it seems like it takes forever for stuff to fill. If you're out trying to fill a five-gallon bucket with water or something, you know, it's, it's sometimes easy. I'm just not going to wait till it's full, number one, because I can't pick it up. Uh, I'm too, too weak. But, you know, it just, it's, whenever we're, it's, there's a, there's a time of waiting. There's, there's a time where it's like we, we, we don't have the fullness. We don't have the completion. We don't have everything that's needed. And that waiting time can sometimes be a long time. It says there was a long, long time that people were waiting. They were crying out, when is the Messiah going to come? When is the one that was promised going to come? Who, you know, we've heard about him. He's going to be the son of David. When is he going to get here? You know, there's a, there's a fullness of time in our lives too. In the fullness of time, I believe that God is, brings us to that moment to where He says, choose. Choose me. Believe in me. Trust me. Receive me. And we have a choice. Will I receive the fullness of what God is offering me? Or will I say no? You know, even those of us who have already become children of God, who have been saved, who have been forgiven of our sins, who have been, uh, been made new people because of Jesus Christ, you know, there's times where God has us wait, and we're waiting for things to be fulfilled. There's, there's a waiting time where we're, we're crying out, where we're longing, where we're just, God, I'm, I'm waiting for this, I'm longing for this. And it's when we you know, begin to think on those things, you know, it's amazing the power of our imagination. I was listening to a message on this uh, in my 10 hours in the car in the last two days. I drove down to Austin area for a wedding on Friday night, and I came back late last night. Uh, so if some of this doesn't make sense, uh, well, you know, I was on the back roads of West Texas late last night trying to hopefully not hit any deer. So thank you, Jesus, for safety. Uh, thank you for those that were praying. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good trip. But, uh, you know, when we're... When we're, when we're waiting for something, you know, we're sometimes it's, it takes a long time. God doesn't c- come on our timetable. You know, we want to be in control. 
We want, we want to be in charge. We want to say, hey, this is how it works. This is how it goes. Once you have kids, you realize that just doesn't happen, right? Have you ever, you know, once, if you don't have children yet, uh, or if you've not been able to have children for whatever reason, uh, you know, there's, you just, they just don't turn out exactly like you want. They, they don't do exactly what you want. They, they're not, you know, you can't form them into exactly what you want. You're, you're just trying to make things happen. And God says, hey, it's the same way in your life, you know, you're trying to make things happen. You're trying to do it. Your own way you're trying to trying to fulfill all the promises and he's saying look you've got to wait for me you've got to wait you know ladies when you're pregnant for the first time if you've ever had a baby some of you are right now you're like you know that that first baby it seems like you know oh man that was that was like this eternity the first pregnancy is just like this whew, it's like this is going on forever the waiting time for the fulfillment it's kind of like that sometimes. You know, there's an anticipation. There's a hope. There's changes going on. There's all kinds of things. There's be, things being stretched. There's things being moved. And that's exactly what God is doing in our life. He's stretching things. He's moving things. He's rearranging things. He's giving you life. He's giving you, he's growing things. He is changing things. He is imparting things. And there is a time when he says, now's the time to come forth. In the fullness of time, it says that Jesus came. And it says, what are we waiting for? In the fullness of time, it says there that he came to redeem. You know, we don't, we don't use the word redeem very often anymore, except in church. You know, it is on our like little, you know, bottles and stuff that we buy. You know, have you ever seen a redemption value? Uh, you know, for, those old enough to remember, and I'm not. <laughs> it didn't used to. They, everything always used to came in, come in glass bottles, right? And so you had the glass bottles, and you get them filled up, and then you take them back, right? You, you, there'd be redemption. You know, they'd be brought back and remade into what they were originally intended to be. And there was a, there was a, there was a purchase. There was a redemption value. In other words, you get, it's paid for. Redemption is paid for. It's the same way in the scriptures. It says that Jesus came to redeem us. And so he came to buy back what was meant to be in our lives. You know that if you live life anytime at all, man, there is some messed up stuff going on. You can't get away from it. You can't escape it. You can't run from it. Some of it's your fault. Some of it's somebody else's fault. But it's just all over. Have you noticed we live in a messed up world? And God is coming and saying, guess what? I can take that and I can redeem it. I'm going to buy it back. And it says we were, were purchased by the blood of Jesus. We saw Cooper who was representing Jesus. Didn't he do an awesome job there? It was just like he's got the Jesus anointing for the play, I think. So... um Thankfully, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, you know, Jesus, you know, he died and his blood was poured out. And it says in Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, it is, that is the purchase price for our redemption, for us being redeemed. It's the blood of Jesus. You know, he valued us so much, God did, he loved us so much that he says, guess what, you're worth all the blood of my only son. That's the value I put on you. Glass bottles, guess what? What'd they get? Like five cents? Redemption value, five cents, ten cents? No, he says your redemption value is the blood of Jesus, the complete blood of the Son of the very Most High God.
That's how much he loves you. That's how much he says, I want to be with you. That's how much he says, I want, I want to forgive you. I want to have mercy upon you. I want to change you. I want to free you. I want to deliver you. I want to read a little bit of the definition from a Bible, Bible dictionary, Bible reference book here. It talks about redemption. I just love the, the wording it has here. There's several words for redemption. I'm not going to go through them all. I'm not trying to have you figure those out. If you're interested, you can see me later and I'll get those to you. But in the Old Testament, uh, the, the, the words were in Hebrew. And one of the words for to be redeemed means this. To ransom, to redeem, to repurchase, to set free by avenging or repaying. This word refers to the custom of buying back something a person has lost through, listen to this, through helplessness, poverty, or violence. Furthermore, the one who does the redeeming is often a close relative who is in a stronger position and buys back the lost property on behalf of his weaker relative. Man, doesn't that sound like Jesus? We've got, we've got Jesus is our older brother in, you know, as a child of God, he is, he is the firstborn of all creation. He is, he is the, he is the one who has all the rights to everything. And he says, guess what? I am in a position of strength and I'm going to use it for you. I'm going to, I'm going to purchase you. I'm going to buy back where you've had things stolen in your life through, what did it say? Through helplessness. You were helpless. You were lost. You were dead. You couldn't get free. You just couldn't do it yourself. You were helpless. He says, I'm going to come. I'm going to redeem this situation. I'm going to get you out of it. I'm going to buy you back. When you're in poverty, whether that's physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, he says, when you're in that place and you cannot get out, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to get out of poverty. It takes a miracle. You know, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of, Issues that people are pointing the finger, man, if you would just do this, if you just do that. You know, when you're in poverty, you can't get out. You need someone greater than you. You need someone to help you. You need someone to rescue you because it's a cycle and it's, and it's been gone on for generations sometimes. And it's just like, we don't know how to get out of this. We're helpless. We're just impoverished. And Jesus saw us and said, you are impoverished without me. You are weak. You are poor. You have nothing without me. And he says, I'm going to take the riches of heaven. All the riches of heaven, that's Jesus Christ. Can you imagine heaven on that day when Jesus was saying, I have to leave, I have to go, and the angels are like, you're going? It says that in the scriptures that the angels were like longing to look into this whole plan of God where, it, where it's like the Father is sending the Son and the angel, you know, Gabriel's up there going, no, no, no. No, we can't send the best. This is Jesus is the jewel of heaven. He's the gem. He is the center of, of worship. He is everything we need and want. And you're going to send him from heaven for those losers? <laughs> they don't deserve it. They're not, they're not even worth it. He says the angels were, they longed to look into these things. They were blown away. They didn't, they didn't even understand. They were maybe even, maybe they were just, it's just one more revelation of the heart of God. You know, in heaven, what happens is, you know, you see that whenever we can see a glimpse of heaven, the angels are always worshiping. And I think what happens is this is, I believe, is this, is they worship and then 
boom, God reveals himself even more. And they're like, they're just about, I was just about done worshiping. And then, oh, there's more to you. Oh, I'm going to cover my face once again. It says the angels with six wings are covering their faces and their feet. And the other two, they're flying around saying, holy, 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 holy. There's just continuous worship going on because God is eternal. He's revealing himself over and over again. And I can imagine all the angels, just like we had angels up here that were bowing down. It was like... the. What a beautiful picture that was where the shepherds are going in that the, and the Son of God has been born on earth and the angels are just like, no! We've got to worship you, God. You've blown our minds again. You've gone beyond anything we could imagine again. You've taken the jewel, the one, the, the most beautiful one in heaven, the Son of God Himself, and you've sent Him. Man, can you imagine what the what the angels were doing when Jesus was on the cross? Weeping and crying and going, Oh God! Oh God! And then they're just in awe and worship. And can you imagine the celebration in heaven when Jesus came back to life? Because He didn't stay dead. He didn't just come to die. He came to live and release life because He beat death. He beat sin. He beat the devil. And He came back to life. And He says, guess what? I've got everything you need right here. And I'm going to release it to you. I'm not even going to hold it to myself. I have won the victory for you. We've been redeemed. Deliverance from Christ, from evil and the penalty of sin. The price paid to purchase purchase that liberation was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we all want redemption in our life. We want things to be brought back to life. We want things that have been stolen where we were helpless or we were stupid. Uh, sometimes it's just we were stupid. We know that, right? We've made dumb choices. We've chosen sin. We've chosen to rebel against God and do things we know we shouldn't do. There's every single one of us in this room. We've done things that we were we, we are ashamed of. We would never want them played on a video screen anywhere. We would not want someone to see us and we know, hey, what's really inside my life? Hey, guess what? Because we're lost and broken. And we've all done that. We've all done things we've sh- we've been ashamed of, things that we'd be embarrassed about, things that we could never present to God as an offering of worship for our king. And that's why Jesus came and says, Good, look, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for all of it. I'm going to pay for every single sin, every single act of hatred, every single act of, of abuse, Every single act of violence, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for that. Every perverse thing that's ever been done, I'm gonna pay for that. You know, redemption in our life is costly. It costs a lot. And you know, God, God never, never takes the easy road, huh? You know, Jesus didn't take the easy road. He took the long road. Sometimes in our lives we're waiting around for, we want the short and easy road. And he, God says, I'm going to redeem, but you're going to go through a whole lot of stuff because you need, you need to experience this and know and grow and be changed and have things broken off your life. And so sometimes it's the long road. Sometimes God just has us go through the hard road. 
when Jesus had to carry the cross up the hill. That's the hard road. Jesus said to us, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me daily. And then sometimes it's the painful road. The road to redemption was long and hard and painful for Jesus Christ. But he chose to do it for you. He says, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. I'm going to pay it all for you. You're worth every part of Jesus' blood. Every single part of Jesus' blood. He says, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth giving everything for. That's got to blow our minds. That's got to make us want to fall on our knees and say, Oh, Jesus, what have you done? Why did you do that, oh God? How could that ever happen? How could God do that for me? And that's why the gospel message itself is so powerful. Just the simple gospel message. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die eternally, will not die in their sins, but will have eternal life. It's the best deal ever. Deal or no deal. Take the deal. There's no, there's no other deal that you're going to wait for in your life. You can wait all your life. You can wait a whole lifetime. And here's the amazing thing about this deal. God gives us this deal till our last breath. It's not like a one-time thing. It's not like, well, when you were 25, you had your chance. You know, now you're way past 25, and you're still wandering around doing your own thing. God says, guess what? The deal's still on the table. Everything I have is here for you. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is turn away from all of your stuff and say, you know what? I repent of being God. I'm going to trust you as God. I repent of being in control. I repent of trying to save myself, trying to earn my way to heaven, trying to be a good person. I'm, I have to change that. I'm going to turn away from that. I'm going to say, Jesus, have mercy on me. You're the only way. You're the only one who can save me. You're the only one who can set me free. You're my only hope. It's not Obi-Wan Kenobi, our only hope. It's Jesus Christ. If you all know Star Wars, you know, help me. You're my only hope. Hey, Jesus is the only hope. He is the only answer for anybody. If you've got relatives that don't know Jesus Christ, just know he, he's the same hope for them that he is for you. Don't give up. He is not giving up on them. Keep praying. Keep saying, God, I'm, I'm continuing to love those people. I'm continuing to reach out to them. I'm continuing to pray for them. There is hope still. You don't, do not give up hope. God did not give up hope on you. He's not going to give up hope on them. He's never going to let up. He's never going to stop. He's going to keep coming after them. He is unending. He's un, he's eternal. He is inflamed with love. He is inflamed with love for every single human being. Have the worship team come on up.
Y'all go ahead and just start beautiful name here once I'm done. Because you don't need me, so. You know, I, we're just going to respond in worship. And so here's the deal. Number one, if you're here and you've never never given your life to Jesus Christ, today's the day. Today's the day. God always, it's always today with God. It's like, He's always like right in the now. He's saying, guess what? Today is the day I've been waiting for. And he said, it's the, it is now in some ways the fullness of time every single day because he says, now, today is the day of salvation. I'm offering you every single day the same mercy that I have offered for all eternity since my son was risen from the dead on that day 2,000 years ago. And so if that is you today, then I encourage you to respond this morning and come up front. Go a little old school here. If you need to make this an altar, what that means is you just you just become like those angels who were up here earlier as you bow your knee. And you're not bound to a human being. You're bound to the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, and saying, I'm surrendering my life to Him. If you come up here, someone will, someone will come pray with you. Some of our elders and leaders, they'd love to come pray with you. So just you all be ready. Uh, if you just want prayer, if you just need to respond to God and worship, you may just say, I'm, not, I'm already saved, but I just, I, just need to, I just need to lay some things at his feet. I encourage you to respond. Come up front, kneel. Kneel down where you're at. Do, do something. Make, make, make a move. Don't just sit there. Move. Do, do, go after what God is, is, is holding out for you this morning. You might need healing in your body. God's the healer. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to take what you're helpless for and I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you health. I'm going to give you life in your bones, in your innermost being. I, I can do all things. It's, it's all inclusive package. The redemption of Jesus is all inclusive. You got, you got hurts inside your heart. You're like, I just need, I can't, I can't get rid of this. I can't get this stuff out of my heart. You need redemption. You're helpless and you need someone who's stronger to come and say, guess what? Let me let me take your heart and I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to bring healing and health and wholeness into your innermost secret places of your heart. So Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus that we respond to you, God. However we need to respond, let us respond in worship to you, God. Let us surrender to you. Let us come to the name above all names, Jesus Christ, and bow at your feet, God, that we can enter in to all the fullness that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand, start standing and let's respond to God. Where the word at the beginning.